Good afternoon and welcome to the Jim Lee Show here on WMAY. Very busy day today. A lot of guests lined up with a lot of uh, big news happening. One of the biggest stories here locally is uh, confirmation now that Dolman 33, one of City Water Light and Power's coal-fired electric generators, which has been idle for the last several months and in need of repairs, won't be repaired, won't be restarted, will be retired. And that has some pretty significant ramifications for the utility, for a number of its employees, and of course for the customers of City Water, Light, and Power. To talk more about it, Doug Brown, Chief Utilities Engineer with CWLP, joins us here this afternoon. And Doug, thank you so much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Yeah, hi, Jim. How are you? Doing good, thank you. Uh, let, let's just remind everybody where we've been with this. After uh, Dolman 33 uh, went down uh, because of a malfunction a few months back, uh, the city contracted uh, to spend about $200,000 to have, uh, if I recall correctly, GE come in just to assess uh, the, the unit and to see what it would take to repair it. And I guess that news wasn't what you were hoping. What exactly did that review show uh, about what it would have taken Taken to get Dolman 33 up and running again. So yeah, basically they kind of give us a couple of options. One was a as kind of a, I would say a temporary type of a fix, and they really wouldn't guarantee the outcome of that of that repair. And uh, it was you know it was a considerable amount of money to be uh, you know spending that kind of uh, uh, dollars on a repair that they're not going to basically you know stand behind and. Uh, a permanent repair was uh, was definitely you know much more expensive, and you know with the operational risks of the unit, the uh, the unit can no longer be insured. Um, uh, insurance companies are kind of kind of getting away from insuring coal fired units in the in, in the most part, for especially the older ones. Um, so it, it was basically kind of the the the. The, the outcome, you know, for that was it was kind of more of an easier decision, I guess you might say, to just to go ahead and, and suspend operations at Unit 33 and start, kind of start working towards retirement. It'll be a longer process, though, for Unit 33 um, due to, you know, various um, kind of regulatory-type issues with MISO and those kinds of things. It's a longer process, uh, leading us going kind of in a, in a suspension path. That leads us into eventually to retirement. Now, uh, a couple of things. So, uh, walk me through again on the price tag on this. What would it cost for the temporary fix? What would it cost for the permanent fix? The the, the temporary fix was basically a, um, a little over a million dollars. The permanent fix was uh, basically about three million. Mm. And, uh, and and you mentioned that uh, these units can't be insured. How long have we been operating Dolman 33, essentially uh, unable to insure it against this sort of uh, calamitous breakdown? Uh, let's see here. That's, that started in the summer of 20... Uh, no, it was 2019, I believe, yes. Okay. Uh, so that's when that was. How old I, is I the unit? The second. How old is Dolman uh, 33? It was, it was installed in 1978. All right, so more than uh, more than 40 years old. Is that uh, a kind of a typical lifespan for uh, coal-fired generators of this size? Yeah, yeah, I, it is. I, you know, the, with the, when you start getting to 40, 50 years old, you have to start putting a lot more maintenance money, um, you know, and capital money into keeping that unit up to, to uh, operating conditions. And you can you can see that with the age of the unit, you know how costs have increased through the years, 
and uh, that that's another factor in leading to uh, you know moving towards retirement. You mentioned uh, that you have suspended operations, moving toward retirement of the unit. As a practical matter, what's the difference between those two? Bottom line is Dolman 33 isn't running and won't be running again, correct? Right, yeah. So, you know, with suspension, you know, what that means is that we're, we still technically have the ability to bring 33 back if, you know, the situations change and there's going to be a certain period of time that we're going to be allowed to be able to do that. So we'll kind of keep that in the, the you know, our, our, I guess our back pocket, um, looking at market conditions, looking at, uh, you know, grid reliability and those kinds of things. And, uh, but eventually, I mean, we can only do that so long within the MISO market. And then, then we would actually move towards the full retirement uh, with that unit. How, how long until that happens? How long would you keep it in a, quote, suspension status and leave yourself that option, however unlikely, of, of restarting it? Well, you know, with the the resolution that the council passed, they you know they wanted to have the 33 you know retired in the fall of 2023, um, but technically we can actually suspend operations in MISO for three years, so we could actually go to 2024, and we'll work out those details um, you know as we approach that those dates uh, at a later time. But um, you know, it does allow us the flexibility to kind of keep an eye on things and. Uh, you know, if we if you know, depending upon what the market's doing, what what is going going on with uh, regulatory matters, uh, environmental compliance type issues, um, you know, if there's something that warrants us to you know reconsider that that, then we will at that time. We're talking with Doug Brown, Chief Utilities Engineer at City Water Light and Power, about the suspension and eventual retirement of the Dolman 33 unit. What does this mean now for staffing? How many workers had been assigned to Dolman 33, and and what happens to them now? So, yeah, you know that's that's the hard part as as dealing with you know our our, our hardworking employees that have been here you know, for, for such a long time and, and helping us provide reliable energy for the city of Springfield and, um, you know, trying to make sure that we can transition as many workers as we can to other jobs within the city. And, you know, that was one of the other deciding factors in looking at uh, moving kind of forward with suspension is that we do have a number of jobs available right now that we can transition workers to. And, uh, you know, once we do that, we could have eight to ten positions left out of about thirty um, that that basically don't have a spot yet. Uh, but that's not to say, though, that then over the next few months, several months, that those jobs don't more jobs don't appear. Um, so, you know, looking at that, and plus, there's they're they're going to have the ability with for three years essentially, um, uh, you know, past the date of their last date of employment to come back. Uh, into the city and be offered, you know, a, a position somewhere. So they're going to have those kind of rights to be able to to, to still have, a, you know, the opportunity to come back, uh, you know, and be in a different department possibly, maybe within utility, maybe within the city, public works, um, you know, various areas. Um, but there, there, there will be other positions, I'm sure, that will be coming open within that time frame. And some will choose to move on to other to other employment opportunities. But, um, you know, we do owe it to our employees to try to do as much as we can to, to help them through that transition. 33's been idle for months. What have those workers been doing uh, during the time the unit's been down? Well, you know, that's the, you know, so some of the opportunities that they have, I guess, as, as you know, they make their rounds, uh, you know, some equipment still has to run. 
they still have certain tasks that they have to do in order to make sure that we're basically that equipment is ready to go if we decide to bring 33 back. However, going forward, you know, over the next few months, there are going to be certain, um, you know, as they call it, decommissioning type activities um, that we, we we would do. Um, even with the unit being suspended, we still need to, you know, drain the oil out of equipment um, and dispose of that properly. And there's other little tasks like that that we have to do uh, over the next, you know, several months here to uh, basically make that unit uh, to where it can sit idle. I understand that uh, a, a sort of critical date is the end of the fiscal year at the end of February of 2022, that at that point you kind of have to have a sense of uh, can workers transition to a different job? And and if you haven't found something for them at that point, you may have to look at layoffs. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's accurate. We wanted to give you know plenty of time um, for our employees to be able to kind of determine what path they want to take and uh, to be able to transition um, you know, it's just, I think it's, it's just imperative that we, you know, give that to our employees. You, you talked about the, the decommissioning process, and, and there's an environmental component to this because obviously burning coal for electricity creates uh, uh, its own byproducts and all the things that go along with that. Uh, so do these units, and I know we've got 31 and 32 also, do they eventually get dismantled and, and all of the scrap carted away? Are they just going to kind of sit there indefinitely? What what happens with that? Well, yeah, so... You know, looking at Lakeside, looking at Dalman, 31, 32, and 33, um, you know, the we would be looking at eventually demolishing uh, some of those structures, um, you know, over time. And, and we haven't laid out the plan yet for that, um, but that will be coming here, you know, eventually. Um, we're kind of reassessing what infrastructure-type improvements we want to make first um, across the utility versus just uh, – Go ahead and demo that building. There's other there's other projects I think that warrant a little bit more of a priority first right now, um, but uh, in the long run, yes, we're definitely going to be demolishing those buildings. Plus, the the, the issue with uh, 31, 32, and 33 structures, some of them are tied into basically our 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 administrative offices, so it's a little bit more complicated um, to demolish those 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 structures. What about our coal contract? Uh, if we're not going to fire up 33 again, we're obviously going to be using less coal than we had anticipated over the next couple of years. What does this mean for that, for the price we pay for the coal to be able to generate whatever power we can? Well, the the contract we have right now is it's a, it's, there's no minimum. So the, the price doesn't change uh, for under this current contract. And you know, really, the the unit thirty three over the last few years has not run that much overall uh, in comparison to you know many years ago. Um, it's been you know getting you say less and less uh, operations. Same thing with thirty one, thirty two. Um, you know, last year, uh, you know, so if thirty three and four were running, we'd probably burn about a million tons of coal. Uh, last year, because of COVID, we only burned about 400,000 tons of coal. So the mine has been going through a transition period for some time now, um, kind of shrinking down. Um, but, you know, in reality, it, it does affect them with the, the you know, a, a, you know, a suspension of 33 and eventually moving towards permanent closure. And um, that's something they have to plan for, right? So, uh, you know, it's, it's news for them to... Uh, you know, finally have a decision 
that, that you know they can maybe kind of right size the mine operations for what they need for their current customers as well as our unit four. I, I know you've been planning for this anyway, and 33 was going to be done in a couple of years regardless, but given these new developments here, does this have any impact on our ability to be able to meet all the energy needs for Springfield? Can you get the power you need off the grid uh, and obviously whatever we generate through Dolman 4 to be able to you know, make sure every time you hit the switch, the lights come on? Yeah. You know, I mean, so that's that's what we've been working on for some time now. Uh, to make sure that we can provide reliable power, uh, you know, at any point in time <clears throat> throughout the year to the city of Springfield, and using Unit Four, using our our, uh, our gas turbines, and uh, importing power off the grid. So you know, all those combinations of uh, of resources uh, to be able to use is is what we would you know uh, need basically to provide that, that reliable power, as well as looking at future projects such as renewable projects. And, you know, the mayor, uh, I think, has recently mentioned that, too, and I have as well before, you know, looking at solar as a project possibly um, and having that in our portfolio to kind of complement our, our other generating resources. Is there any net impact to ratepayers for what we'll be paying for electricity from City Water, Light, and Power, whether positive or negative, from uh, the decision to suspend and ultimately retire 33? Well, you know, you know, like, like, like we said, you know, there's periods of time where, like, you know, when 33 was started um, up until maybe the last, you know, few years where – you know, 33, you know, 31, 32 protected our ratepayers from uh, price increases, you know, in the energy markets. And without those units, that protection ends, and we kind of expose ourselves to what the markets bear. Um, and no one has a crystal ball. We can kind of, in, you know, see what the markets are kind of projecting, but they don't follow the their projections, you know, much of the time, it seems. Um, so there's potential risk. Um, of prices increasing or decreasing, um, and without those without those units, um, it definitely it, it could lead to higher prices in the future. But we could also see considerable savings in the long run. So, you know, that's what we're trying to move towards is is looking at uh, you know renewable projects that can complement uh, our existing resources that we're going to have. Um, after 33 and, and, and get that related back into savings to our customers. Doug Brown is the Chief Utilities Engineer at City Water, Light, and Power. Doug, we really appreciate the time. Thank you for walking us through it all, and we'll talk soon. Thank you.